Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello, and welcome to episode 105 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thank you for joining me today for this really great one-on-one conversation that I have with Samantha Pavlik of Femme Catholic. She's the founder, the CEO, and editor-in-chief, and Femme Catholic was founded specifically to be able to engage with young millennial Catholic women. And even though you might be going, oh, it's Catholic women, this doesn't have anything to do with me, actually it does, because this conversation isn't just about what they do, it's also about why they do it. And I love having conversations with people who are being innovative and are going and taking the gospel to the streets. And a little wink, wink there to a good friend of mine who always is talking about taking the gospel to the streets. And that's what we have to be doing. And Samantha and her team at Femme Catholic are doing that. And what's really great is the conversation we had about how can we help people be able to explore that reality of their lives in relation to the truth of the faith. And that's what the good news is all about. It's about how is it that God coming to be with us, which is what we've been celebrating throughout all of Christmas, how is it that God becoming Emmanuel and him suffering, dying, and then rising from the dead for us How does that change everything in our lives? And so Samantha at Femme Catholic and her team are very focused upon how they can engage with especially millennial women, but especially focusing upon those topics that are very challenging for all of us not just young women, but for all of us. So talking about the challenges of balancing faith and career, sex and relationships, body image, that's for men and for women, and then also an anti-faith culture that we're having to deal with, and then also misperceptions, misunderstandings about who it is that the church is and what it is that the church speaks of. So I know that you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So Buckle up, enjoy, and I'll see you on the flip side. Hello, and welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and I am so excited that you are here today with me as I am having conversation with Samantha Pavlik and her little four-month-old daughter, Catherine Edith. So welcome, both of you, to the show, and so glad you're able to join me today. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Excited to be here. 
<laughs> for those of you who are, are going to be watching on YouTube, you guys will get to see how cute Catherine is, and she's very attentive. So I'm hoping that I'm as attentive to the answers and to the conversation that Samantha and I are going to have. So one of the things is, is that, Samantha, you are, I think your official title, the founder, the CEO, and editor-in-chief of Femme Catholic. And for people out there, just very briefly, what is Femme Catholic? <laughs> So Femme Catholic is an online uh, publication media platform working basically to translate the teachings of the church into a society that is, is sort of saturated in secular feminism. Uh, so giving a pro-woman articulation of the teachings of the church and, and really just meeting millennial women where they are in the everyday and, and tying in our faith. Uh, beautiful and so desperately needed. Um, probably one of the things that was instrumental in my own journey was encountering the beauty of the teaching of John Paul II's Theology of the Body. And it was that first encounter that I was just like, wow, there is a holistic, beautiful perspective of who I'm supposed to be as a woman. And, you know, especially as a woman, as a mother, as, you know, someone who has a career. Um, and so that was hugely uh, a huge turning point for me. And so I'm so glad that, you know, you guys are, are kind of stepping into that space that you recognize that. Um, did that come out of your own personal journey of seeing that need? Yeah. So growing up, I, I was, um, I tell this story when I was in kindergarten, um, there was a boy chasing me on the playground or, you know, something kindergartners were doing. And I just sort of had this feminist bone in my body from the beginning. Cause I, I turned around and I said, why are you chasing me? And he's like, I don't know. I'm a kindergarten boy, you know? And I said, well, I'm going to chase you. <laughs> and I think he was like, what? Um, so I, I just had this sort of boldness in me, uh, but I was raised in a great Catholic family and my faith was always something that was very important to me and that brought me a lot of peace. But I think as I got older growing up in the world, um, you know, there were a lot of things in the world and sort of affiliated with feminism that really were attractive to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had this kind of growing tension between the way that I think the world approaches life and, the, and, um, just my faith in making sense of like, you know, meek and mild mother Mary, and then these sort of feminist heroes in the cult, in culture. And in, um, even as, you know, going to college, I got a degree in business and in theology. So mm -hmm. I, I had that sort of dual tension mm -hmm. going on there too. Um, but it was also in college that I discovered Edith Stein and her writings, uh -huh. um, which I know, you know, mm -hmm. informed JP2's Theology of the Body. And, mm -hmm. um, like you said, very similar for me. I think her explanation of what it meant to be woman was mm. so compelling. Um, it just resonated with me so much. It sort of answered all these questions that I had and, and didn't even realize that I had mm -hmm. um, and laid that foundation for me. And so that once I discovered her, I just couldn't get enough of exploring, you know, a, sort of a Catholic feminism and what does the teach actually teach about women? Mm -hmm. um, and exploring all those different things. And then I graduated college and moved to Chicago, was working in the city there, um, got married and started having kids. And I think through meeting women there, just, you know, encountering my own struggles, even living in the city after having a, a great 
faith formation, living in and working in corporate America, um, there's a lot of subtle and overt, I think, forces and, and pressures and messages. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you kind of just need a guide to make sense of it. And a lot of the things I was finding, uh, you know, the teachings of the church are so beautiful, but I, I wasn't finding enough resources to kind of make sense of my life day to day. Um, and so that's where the idea for Femme Catholic started. Mm. Uh, absolutely beautiful. Uh, very similar to why, uh, I, I do what I do at this point, uh, with say yes, you know, to holiness, which was, um, you know, so my, my own background, very simply, I went to Marquette in Milwaukee, you know, so, uh, same neck of the woods and, uh, you know, at the time I was not Catholic, but I came to the faith and then I uh, ended up uh, double major history and theology, also uh, minor in military science because I was in the army. And so I go into the military and th- it's very much, you know, secular world. And there's a space. I mean, you can go to you can go to church, you can go to mass on Sunday, but to live it out was a whole different thing. And uh, it was something of where very much, uh, you know, and also having been raised Protestant, there was not a holistic perspective of what and who women are and could be, except with the you can have it all mentality of, you know, you got to have the career, you got to have the family. And it and, it, and it's like and you got to do it like a guy does. And the military really emphasized that in, in, I was in a combat arms branch as well. So that even intensified it, but that's where I think so many people misunderstand of what it is that the church speaks of. I mean, you made mention of, uh, you know, meek and mild Mary and it's like, but when you get down into coming to know who she is, she is the furthest thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's what I think, like I had, I struggled for a long time to kind of understand um, that. And I, you know, it's not surprising that I think the devil sort of mm-hmm. pressed in on that for me to mm-hmm. say, you know, well, women in Catholicism are supposed to be meek and mild and quiet and and you're not those things. So you don't fit and you don't have a role here. or You're, you know, a, not a very good Catholic woman. Um, mm-hmm. and there's subtle messages and subtle ways that that comes out. But to your point, it was, kind of just this tangled web of misunderstanding like who Mary actually is and and that's something now that I feel like I'm still sort of unpacking honestly mm-hmm. um but it's just this image of Mary that we have in the church a lot of times uh it's it's very service level but then it's very contradictory and countercultural to what you are told is a successful powerful influential woman in the mm-hmm. world. And so just reconciling those things is, is a lot of work. It is. It is. Um, I joke with people and tell them it took me 20 years before I went home to have dinner with my mother-in-law. Um, cause I, I, I see Jesus as my beloved, you know? Um, and, uh, so I, I joke about that, but it is very much to your point of, you know, us unpacking who she truly is and, who we are to be as women. And then when you look at Jesus's own ministry of who, you know, he called into the fullness of ministry. I mean, look at Mary Magdalene, the apostle of, to the apostles. Um, you know, I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. And so it's something of where there is, you know, the, this misunderstanding 
and I think it goes and touches on what um, I think you guys are filling a gap within church. And in fact, your uh, pitch that you made for the OSV challenge, and for those of you who aren't uh, familiar, Femme Catholic was one of the three winners of a $100,000 grant, you know, from the Our Sunday Visitor challenge process. And in your pitch, you actually made mention of the fact that there's really a gap in the church that the church is not uh, not addressing and a need that's not being met. And I won't steal your thunder, kind of share a little bit about that and how it is that your efforts with Femme Catholic tie together. Sure. So um, I had sort of experienced, like I said, this tension myself growing up and and feeling um, like I was living and working in the city in Chicago, working at a bank by day or in, in consulting first and then at a bank. Um, and I had this really strong faith from my childhood, but I just sort of observed a lot of peers of mine uh, growing up and maybe they were raised Catholic, but slowly sort of slipping away. And they weren't, I heard a lot of talk in Catholic circles in my, my theology friends about the nuns, you know, the people who identify as, you know, are you religious and they check none. Um, and so they have, they don't really have a religious affiliation. And, and there were some groups that were targeting those people who sort of disaffiliated entirely from religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what I experienced and then what we found in the data um, is that there's the majority, the vast majority of, I think all groups, but specifically millennial women who identify as Catholic have never thought about disaffiliating from the religion. Right. But they also are not sort of actively practicing their faith and going to mass mm-hmm. weekly, using NFP, you know, they may not even know that these teachings, mm-hmm. one of our um, team members tells a story about how her, it was actually her Protestant boyfriend who told her that she wasn't allowed to use birth control. <laughs> and she was like, what? Um, you know, so I think there is a, there's a huge, obviously, catechesis crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's just a lot of people who, for these various reasons, they identify as Catholic. They're not anti-Catholic, you know, they're not anti-religious. They just really, I think, are struggling and becoming weary in in trying to Mm -hmm. figure out how their faith relates to their life when maybe they don't work in a totally Catholic setting. Yeah, it's the integration of of all of who we are. Um, and again, you know, kudos to, um, you know, St. John Paul II, because I always refer to his document and it was in reference to how to form priests. Um, but it was about, you know, holistic formation. And it's the fact that we have to be attentive to the whole person, the human, the spiritual, the intellectual, and then the pastoral. And he was talking in regards to priests, but all of us are pastoral. All of us are apostolic. We all have a mission in the world. And it's something that when we're not attentive to all of those, you know, aspects, then it's kind of like, all right, you know, uh, you know, on Sunday, I go to church, maybe, you know, or I do something spiritual or I pray or, you know, but it's not an integrated part of my day-to-day life. Um, and then when I'm, you know, I mean, I, I ran into that issue myself. I mean, you brought up birth control and, you know, I was raised Protestant. And when I came to the church, 
you know, it wasn't that we didn't discuss morality. It wasn't that we didn't discuss these things, but it was never firmly addressed about how it is that I'm to live out as a woman in relationship, even with my spouse, of how it is that we're supposed to be together. And, you know, and there was, you know, medical, you know, instance where, you know, we made a decision completely without consultation of what the church taught in a particular instance in my, in my own life. And it resulted, unfortunately, in the fact of I had a decision, and it was something of where because it was a health issue and everything, we never even thought about it. And it wasn't until later that we came to realize, oh my gosh, you know, that, that, you know, but it's that pain is that suffering, but it's, I've then have become a huge proponent of sharing with people the fullness of what the church teaches. And we still live, you know, according to NFP, regardless of the fact that, you know, had, had done this, um, you know, previously. And so it, it, it's something where all of us, I think, have those stories along the way. And it's so important for us to know that doesn't negate who we are. And as you said, that doesn't mean we disaffiliate from being Catholic, but it makes a tangled web when we come and we're like, okay, I, I want to live this out. But how do I in the midst of, you know, trying to get the promotion at, jo- at, at work and, you know, trying trying to, uh, you know, um, you know, how do I dress? I mean, body image and all of that, you know, it is huge. Um, in, in fact, um, you know, you made mention of the fact that existing vehicles of communication are not working. And so my question would be, why do you feel that? what you're doing with Femme Catholic and digital online, you know, blog and, you know, uh, space uh, magazine. Why do you think that's going to reach people? So I think it's a, it's a great question. And in the, the last couple of years and decades, I think we've just seen um, a massive generational shift mm-hmm. of where people are getting their information. You know, something we've been talking about is on our team is, uh, you know, those pamphlets at the back of church. (laughs) There's so many resources. There's so many Catholic teachings and, and again, documents and translations and, and work that's good, good work that's been done. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember listening to those, uh, lighthouse Catholic CDs in my car when, when Mm -hmm. I was, um, in high school. And then I think early college, but back when now my car doesn't even have a CD player. So I think the world has undergone a, a, a massive technology, you know, shift, mm-hmm. um, and the church has to keep up with it uh, because the gospel hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. But but those vehicles of disseminating the gospel and translating it, um, we've also been talking a lot about, you know, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, mm-hmm. and uh, the Holy Spirit and is another one of our patrons and you know, sending the apostles out at Pentecost with tongues of fire in the dialects of many, many nations. And, you know, the dialect, if you think about the dialect of millennial women, it's Instagram, like that, that's where people are. And so, and that's what Jesus did is he went out to where people are Mm -hmm. and delivered the message that way. So um, I think that's, we just have to look at and really meeting people where they're at um, cause I think it's so easy for us to sort of stay in our own little bubble and, 
and uh, keep doing the same old things that we're doing um, rather than really accompanying people. And I think if you look at what Jesus did is he really went out to where the people are, even like the woman at the well, where, where was the woman? She was at the well getting water because that's, that's what she had to do, you know, in her day-to-day life. And so where are women today? They're, they're on Instagram. A lot of them are working in corporate America, or like you said, you know, I I love that you have a military background. Like people don't realize that millennial women are one of the most educated generations Mm -hmm. of women uh, you know, they're waiting to have kids there. And a lot of existing resources were developed, uh, I think, for a time when women were getting married in their in their early and mid 20s. And now just generationally, that's not what women are doing. So even, you know, um, I went to a, a parish uh, event recently for women, and immediately, they were talking about motherhood, which I think can be a turnoff for a lot of millennial women who may, you know, and maybe they desperately want to meet the right guy and, and start that adventure. But the reality of, of the world right now, it just is that that's not what a lot of people are doing. And so women are spending the majority of their twenties, like growing a career. Mm -hmm. And then they look back at the church and say, well, I can't be a priest. So, you know, I guess they, they may not be aware of sort of that they have a role to play in the church. Right. Um, so it's really, I really think it's coinciding too with ever since Vatican II, this re-emphasis of the importance of the laity mm-hmm. at large, you know, and, right. and that's where I think all this stuff goes together. Like I make it very clear that we're, we're pro-church teaching. We're not advocating for, you know, women's ordination or anything like that. And it's because really we believe women have a, a leadership role to play that is part of the laity, mm-hmm. uh, and all the gifts they've been given there. Yeah, I, I could actually, uh, you know, so I could I could make a semi-controversial statement here in which women, lay, lay women in particular, have a larger role to play than just being a priest in the church. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> agree. And that's what I've said in the past to people in discussions about this is I really think the focus on, and, and that was a question I had growing up is as I was starting to ask the question of, you know, well, I, I feel like I have these gifts to be an organizational leader and and gather people together. And those are things that I had discerned as gifts and charisms that I, you know, things I like to do. Um, and I, the, the existing groups at the time promoting women's advancement in the Catholic church, a lot of them were pro women's ordination groups or, right. or circles. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like that was just such a reductive way mm-hmm. to view women's role in the church. Um, Again, it was, you know, I, I say it's a reflection of how society defined women's liberation, which was we're to become like guys. And it's yeah, like, yeah. N- no, you know, uh, our path to wholeness, you know, with WH versus holiness, which are the same. I mean, holiness is to become whole. And the way that we become whole is by embracing the fullness of who we are, not reducing ourselves to something that is not us to begin with. And all of this, uh, I, I think all of the angst, the tension, the, uh, the frustration, the challenges that, and, and, I, and I've gone through them, you know, especially coming, as I said, you know, coming out of, you know, military, very, you know, dominant, you know, defense contracting, you know, doing all of that, of where it's very male dominated. And it's just like, in order to get respect, it was, you had to be like a guy. But the fact was, is that, no, we're actually 
called to more than that. And God has given us the gifts to do that. Um, you know, I, I think Pope Francis is on the right track. And when he talks about, you know, the role of women, you know, in which it's something we haven't even really, you know, envisioned fully yet. Um, I think we've only caught glimpses of it. And it's not, hey, women take over, but rather we really step up and we complement as we're called to be, you know, um, and the, uh, the masculine and feminine genius of the faith of who Jesus was, um, you know, it, it, it's the fullness of what we're called to. And I, and I get excited because, as you said, uh, we're in this golden age, you might say, of resources. Um, you know, I, I tell people that, I mean, you, you can learn anything right now about the faith and it's good, faithful, you know, to, you know, to the magisterium and, but yet people don't know how to integrate it. They don't know how to take all this head knowledge and implement it into their life. And so it, it's wonderful that you guys are doing the work that you're doing. Um, and, uh, you know, and it complements you know, a lot of what I do as well with where I'm working with, with people in order to help them be able to take all that and integrate it into their life. Because what I've found is, is that the, the key is a plan of life. I mean, all the saints, you know, you uh, are able to develop that plan of life, implement those four steps of holiness that I talk to people about, you know, daily prayer and meditation, living that life of grace through frequenting the sacraments, striving to grow in virtue and abandoning ourselves to God's will as we grow in trust in all the aspects of what you guys are talking about, career, sex and relationships, you know, body, culture, and church. Um, and uh, so it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I just mentioned all of those different topics because those are how you guys have categorized your newsletter um, and, what, and your work. So uh, share a little bit how those came to be for you guys, how you were like, yeah, this one, this one, this one. Sure. So yeah, our content, um, so online on our website, we have Mm -hmm. uh, almost daily blog posts and then video content, uh, different video talks <laughs> and webinars. Uh, yeah, those are very exciting. Um, mm -hmm. And the, that content is organized into those five categories you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And we found those to be the five categories that women experience the most tension between, mm -hmm. between their life and their faith. Um, so, you know, in body, you have women's health issues and, and how do I think about my body in a culture where, you know, even the difference between men and women is not taken for granted anymore. The fact that your body means anything at all, um, you know, that goes right to the heart of theology of the body and then sex and relationships. I mean, there's a million, a million different issues and how do I navigate, you know, the practical dating landscape, um, yeah. you have, you know, the culture and, and these ideas of women and what women's leadership is supposed to be, um, career. And just the fact that how do you navigate a career with an understanding integrated, like you said, a, mm -hmm. having an integrated approach to, you know, not just a career, but your vocation as a whole. So, right. I mean, that just looks so different. You do have women who discern, um, you know, Luann Zerlo is a really inspirational person to me. She discerned that she was called to be single because she had these incredible gifts in business and founded an NGO. And she discerned that, you know, I can't do all things. And I feel really called to, to this work in business for the world and the church. And so 
you know, I, I, I'm going to close these other doors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously you have women, you know, like my mom who, who discerned to stay home, uh, and raise kids and raise a family. And, and then you have me who's, you know, trying to do both and kind of a, a collaboration of all the things, but, mm-hmm. um, but that looks different than other people. And so, um, I think that it's that in some ways it can look very similar to, um, women growing careers in the secular world. But the difference is that it's it's discerned through mm. prayer and with the Holy Spirit. And mm. that really, really does make all the difference. And yeah. I think that's what we have to highlight for people. And um, and women are really affected by that in a particular way. You know, mm. women, I think, are confronted with these tensions in a particular way, mm-hmm. uh, even in our bodies. Like there's so many women who um, their doctors recommend they go on birth control in right. their teens mm-hmm. for a number of different reasons, you know, and some of them are, are medically, uh, it is medically helpful to them and stuff, but then that creates questions down the line of, okay, how does that fold into my marriage? And, you know, what do we do about these things? So women are kind of on the front lines, I think of, we can't really avoid those questions starting at like 13. (laughs) Um, and that's where I think, you know, women deserve answers and, uh, we're just, we're trying to explore, both the reality of women's lives, but also the truth of our faith and how do we make sense of all of it. Mm. I love that, you know, exploring the reality of women's lives and the truth of our faith. That's beautiful. And I think that is what we all are longing for is that integration of those two. And it's, you know, um, I, I think the work that you guys are doing is, is phenomenal. Um, can you share with everybody where they can find you and what would be like a next step of they're like, Hey, you know, th- these people are, are speaking my jam, you know, um, you know, where, where might they be to find you? Yeah. Well, so we're on, you know, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, but femcatholic.com, all of our content is there. You can sign up for our free Friday newsletter. Uh, where we just share something that's on our minds. Um, and that's a great thing to share with, we try to keep the tone really approachable, especially in that newsletter. Um, so if you, you know, if you have friends, family, colleagues, mm-hmm. <laughs> who I can't tell you the number of like secular colleagues that I have at, at work who would say, oh yeah, well, you know, I was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we're really hoping it's something kind of approachable to them because again, they're not anti-Catholic, but they just have struggled to find resources that speak to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on our website, there are, uh, posts and videos you can access there too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I thank you so much for your time today. And also for Catherine too, she has been very vocal and helpful has been pointing <laughs> out numerous things that you should be you know, sharing about. So I'm hoping that our conversation today truly does help um, those who are listening to really be able to find a place where you can explore the reality of your life in the context of the truth of our faith. And all the answers are present and there. Sometimes it's just about how do we access them? Um, and so thank you so much for the work that you do. And also uh, thank you for your willingness and courage to be able to stay on the front lines and to continue in your own life to be able to model how it can look. And bottom line is it's pretty messy and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what we want to do. We, I mean, 
it is a journey we're all in it together. And I, I failed to mention, uh, we do take submissions, like submitted posts. Um, and even mm-hmm. if you just have a kind of a hot tip of, Hey, you know, there's a woman at my parish, or there's a woman in my, in my diocese that you could really feature or talk to, or like, I have just been blown away continually by, there are so many incredible women that, mm-hmm. that we need to highlight and bring their gifts to the, the surface and share what they're doing or their insights or their expertise. So, um, you know, please send those to us. Too. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, the more uh, that we're able to lift one another up, uh, the more it's possible for each of us to be lifted up as well, uh, because it's only together, as you said, we're on the journey together, but it's only together that we become the fullness of the body of Christ and all of this glory. And uh, so when we do that, then everyone goes, wow, I, I, I need to check this out and they're drawn to it and Holy Spirit takes care of the rest. <laughs> yeah. Communion of saints. That's Amen. Amen. So, well, most wonderful. Thank you so much again, Samantha. And for everybody who's been listening, make sure to go and check out femcatholic.com. Sign up for that Friday newsletter. It definitely will make a difference in your life in helping you be able to explore that reality of your life in the context of the truth of the faith. And Continue to do whatever it takes so that together we can tell the master of death, not today. Have a great day, everyone. So what might be some resolutions that you can take from the conversation that Samantha and I had today? Well, first off is for you to take a look about what gap do you see between people and the good news being shared with them. Where do you see your community not serving the needs of the people? And then you've been given that as a gift. Go and do something about it. Another is for you to look for or pray about any young women in particular that might benefit from what Femme Catholic is doing and point them in that direction. Go ahead and send them to Femme Catholic um, and let them get on that mailing list and be able to get those resources to help them on the journey. And then finally, pray. Pray for Femme Catholic. Pray for all the other innovators out there who are trying to take the good news to the streets. So those are some good resolutions for you in the week ahead. Hey, Christina Simmons here, and I wanted to ask a question. Has your 2022 year gotten off to the start that you wanted? Or has it been a little rocky? Or did it get off to a great start, but then you're kind of stumbling a bit? Well, that's exactly what I tried to help people be able to overcome is those fits and starts and stumbling that we all run into when we try to put together a plan of life. And that's exactly what I specialize in is helping in particular those people who are balancing all of the demands of life and being able to integrate it so that you can live a holistic and integrated life that helps you say yes to becoming the saint that God created you to be. So if you're interested in being able to learn the habits 
be able to develop that plan and be able to put into action a plan of life that's going to bring you deep purpose and peace and joy in the process of following it, then reach out to me, christinasimmons at gmail.com. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.